approaching. Not officially October yet, but we got to get into that mentality right quick because it's the MLB playoffs, the postseason. And um, after an unprecedented year, uh, regular season, I should say, unprecedented regular season, we're getting an unprecedented postseason with uh, 16 teams on each side. Uh, on, in general, eight teams on the National League and American League, the biggest MLB postseason ever, and uh, including the White Sox this year. And uh, we get to see the Sox, the Southsiders, make their return to the postseason the first time since 2008, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. It's been a long time coming, and uh, – you know, in general, we got the team that we've been wanting to see for over a decade now in in the South Side. It's, it's a little rough at times, but you know, uh, they they made it, and then now is their chance to, you know, see what they really got as a as a postseason team for the first time. And uh, you know, here to help me break down their chances is a White Sox faithful and uh, also a War Media faithful, our guy Chris Pennant. And uh, Chris, man, you know, I I saw you over the weekend tweeting uh, through the Cubs and Sox series, and it looked like – see, I didn't pay much attention to the series. I I just wanted to see the results. But you you seem to have been living and dying by – by each ending, each pitch, man. And, you know, I, I give it to you, man. You a real one, and, and I appreciate your fandom, man. I mean, let's start off with that, man. Just coming out of that series, the Sox, you know, they're seventh seed now in in the AL. They, they have to travel to Oakland, the number two seed, and win two out of three there because there's no switching of, uh, of stadiums for these first-round series. And actually, for none of the series, I guess, uh, given yeah how they're going to play out in neutral sites going forward, but um, they got to play in Oakland. They got to win two out of three there. You know, putting in context the whole se- season, like the first three fourths of the sixty game slate was about as good as you could hope for as a Sox fan. The last fourth, last fifteen games or so, not quite. And um, you know they uh. They, and you no, know, they go, they go, they go through the Cubs series. They, like I said, they come out. You know, at one point they were the best record in the AL. Now they're just another team, a wild card team, not even finishing first in their division, finishing behind Cleveland and Minnesota. But like we said, nothing was really truly expected of this season. You know. For this team to make the postseason, even in an extended post uh, playoff uh, you know, format, it, it's it's a gift, I would say. And uh, you know, I, I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but you know, what, what just what are your thoughts overall about what the Sox have done and where they've ended up? I mean, first of all, let's let everybody take a deep breath in. <laughs> Let it out. The Chicago White Sox are in the playoffs, man. Yeah. Let's get that out of the way first and foremost. The Chicago.
Chicago White Sox are, at, are in the playoffs, have been in the playoffs for nearly two weeks now that they punched that ticket. Right. And that was probably the last really good close game that the White Sox have been in, um, that they came out on the winning side. They played three, they actually played four close games in, in Cleveland. No, no contest was decided by more than three runs. And it was, it was just one of those, man. It, you gotta, you don't want to be overly um, optimistic, right? And as a White Sox fan, you really can't be. As Steve Stone said on Twitter, he he used the he incorrectly used the term, but he described a lot of White Sox fans as anhedonists, <laughs> which he, he he meant um, anhedonic, basically nothing. They they are happiest when they are sad or unhappy. Yeah, I can and, see that. <laughs> You know it, yeah, you've seen it. Um, White Sox fans were a real crabby, weird bunch. And I was that way for a long time. So I'm trying to, especially this year, you can't be that person, right? You can't. We played baseball this year. Baseball, professional baseball was played this year. Right. Which it probably shouldn't have been. So for the fact that we, that the MLB clumsily made its way through this truncated season, um, downplayed, well, I won't say downplayed, uh, they they kind of sidestepped the COVID nineteen uh, that hit St. Louis, Philadelphia, uh, Miami. Miami, yeah. Teams. It looked bad for a while, like for yeah, I didn't a couple think they were weeks. Yeah, finished like the first month of the season. Yeah, but I guess you know, the, I guess the the thought of losing the revenue and going to further labor negotiations, which let's remember, they were contentious about this for since the end of spring training. Yeah. So the fact that they got there is even more of a miracle. So let's get all oh, let's let's think about that. Remember that this should this should probably couldn't this couldn't have or this shouldn't have happened in the first place. Now the White Sox are in the playoffs. They gotta go to Oakland like you said, which I think since I've been a White Sox fan who was old enough to turn on the radio, say, Mom, get out of the room, I'm listening to the game. <laughs> the White Sox have had such a tough time in Oakland. I think even in two thousand five they played three or four games in Oakland and John Garland won the first game of the set the series there. This they started off the season they won, um, they rattled off um, this is when they rattled off an eight-game winning streak near the beginning of the season because I believe they started four and two hmm. because they won they won two out of three for like the first two or three series and they won eight in a row and they won the first game in Oakland and I'm fairly sure they lost the next two or three because the White Sox have just had such a tough time of it. Moneyball helped that a lot. Those White Sox teams in the early 2000s that were still built off names and home runs, ironically enough, couldn't compete with those OBP teams that Billy Bean was getting, Terrence Long, Jermaine Dye, um, Eric Chavez, all those guys. And ever since then, the Sox have just had a real difficult time winning in Oakland. So that in itself, the specter of that is going to be difficult. Because no matter what, if the teams change, but the, the trend stays the same, there's you can't look past it. Yeah. Second of all, the uh, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say right quick, I'm looking up on baseball reference. That first series that they played, yeah, you had it, that first series they played in Oakland that year, late April. Garland shut them out 6-0. They mm-hmm. they went they were 16 and 4 then. 
then they lost the the, the they lost the following two in Oakland. And uh, let me see right quick that they go back out there. Yeah, uh, the beginning of July they lost two or three out there. Garland won again, and uh, they lost three straight to them like a week later in Chicago. That's the team that we love to talk about, the team that won the World Series. And I don't think I don't think the A's even made the playoffs that year. <laughs> so and you know, that's some of that is in, at home. And you know, you can you, so White Sox teams have always had trouble with a certain type of pitcher that Oakland liked to have. What they've really got going for them this year, the A's, is that they're they're pitching and they're bullpen. Is fantastic. They've got Yusmero Petit, who's been a great bullpen arm for a number of years. He was on a few of those Giants teams that won the World Series in the first part of the, the last decade. Okay. Um, Sean Sean Mania threw a new hit a no hitter last year or, or the year before that. Mike Mike Fires has thrown a no hitter. He's a solid arm. He's had an up and down season this year. His ERA is above four, but he's a dependable guy. And then they've got Liam Hendricks. They've got Joaquin Soria, who was with the White Sox, who was with the Royals, who's been around a lot of places. And he kind of lost his form and has gotten it back. Um, they've, they've had pitching. They've had good pitching for years now. The question was, could they always could they put it together? The A's were one of the first teams to utilize that opener, that bullpen opener. It didn't work for them the last time they were in with the – against the Yankees, and actually I think they blew it the same year, last year against the Rays. So trend-wise for the A's, that's working against them, but the White Sox, um, it's, you know, it's different. This is a team that's fresh. They don't have any postseason experience on the roster except for Edwin Encarnacion and Yasmani Grandal. Yeah. Those are the two everyday guys who have been to the playoffs. And so, I mean, it was no secret why they got those guys. They got Grandal because he's a great defensive catcher and can hit him and is patient. He's one of their better OBP walk guys in the lineup, and he can hit. He's got some power. Encarnacion was a rental, kind of solidified the DH position. He hasn't really done that, uh, but he knows what it's like to have been in the playoffs. He was with the Blue Jays that made it to the, to the championship series against the Royals. So they've got that. You can't wipe off the last week of the season, but you, if anything, you look for the good signs. They made those games close in Cleveland, and if it weren't for Matt Foster self-destructing in the Tuesday game, if it weren't for Gio Gonzalez coming in the game, that I firmly put on Rick Renteria. Yeah. I, I like Rick Renteria, but he screwed that up. There's no way Gio Gonzalez should have come in there. And then they just blew that game the last night where they got where they got a lead. Again, they got another late lead in, in extra innings and then allowed the home run to win it. And then the Cup Series was pretty much a washout except for Sunday and Saturday. And Sunday hurt because they had a chance to win the division. And, you know, as much as you want it, you should have ex- it, it was expected, right? Reynaldo Lopez is, is Reggie. So <laughs> he's mid he's not even mid <laughs> right he had been doing better recently but he's still 
with an occasional changer and a slider that he's developing. And there's signs, but it's been so long, I don't know if they can really afford to wait for him to be that guy's number three starter. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know if the signs are going to be enough. So for him to give up those runs to a Cubs team, that even though they came in trash, blew the, blew the doors off on Friday night, it wasn't that far off what we should have expected. What I didn't expect was that White Sox team to get up off the deck in the last two innings and score um, seven runs. They scored seven runs in the, in, over the eighth and ninth innings and brought the tying run to the plate. And if it wasn't for a terrible strike call on the third strike, yeah. they might have kept the game going and t- pulled off a win. So you got to look for the positive signs of the White Sox fans. Because we don't get to we don't get to do this that often, man. I know White Sox fans want the world because they've been denied the world for so long, and I respect that. I want the world too. I want I want back to back playoff appearances for the first time in the team's history. But that's till, that's next year. Right. Let's focus on now. Let's focus on the fact that we're in the playoffs, and if Giolito and Keuchel are right. And the White Sox can see Sean Manaya, who is a left-handed starter. They're 14-0 against left-handed starters this year. If they can see Sean Manaya and get some base runners, work some counts, and not swing it, um, breaking balls outside of the zone, down and away, then they have a very good chance to win this game. I think the key right now is that Tim Anderson is scuffling. And so those breaking balls down and away is what he's swinging at. He's out. He's all out of sorts. He doesn't necessarily know what is coming and how to attack it. So when you see him swing and put the bat on the ball, it's really just trying to make contact and use his speed. If Tim can get right in the first game of the series, the White Sox will win. I'm going to put it right there. Mm. Because everybody else is getting back to it. Jose Abreu is is the most valuable player, and he hasn't really turned it off all year. Luis Robert has got his batting eye back. Um, Nick Madrigal, who's playing like a rookie in the field, is going to give you quality at bats. And um, Yasmani Grandal is, is, you know, we, he is who we, we, he is who he is. We know who he is. That's, uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, Adam Angle's going to be hitting since there's a left-hander. And Engel has been so good in yeah. that tone roll this year. He's yeah. over 300. So I, it's going to be that first game. You know, there's a lot of times it's a three-game series. You win the first game, you might lose the next two. Sure. It's like any other um, It's like any other midweek series except it's the playoffs. But if they take that first game and they get their confidence back, they're like, okay, if we know how to win in the now, you settle back into 2020 White Sox baseball. When you mm. play good defense, put, um, get the hits when you need it, wait for that big shot, and take home a win. Yeah, yeah. One thing I saw that was interesting, I just pulled up a story from the Mercury News out in uh, San Jose. And it, the, the headline says, Why Bob Melvin isn't happy about early start times for A's White Sox series. Now, you know, this type of stuff, you – you may want to figure it into the comfort the comfortability of these two teams because they're going to play these first two games at two o'clock Central Time, which means it's going to be noon in on, on in Oakland, which is 
a time that they rarely ever play. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the Sox, like sometimes you'll get the East Coast games that start at 11, uh, but that's typically Detroit. So the, the Sox have some some experience with that. Um, having played Detroit, you know, more often, these guys have played those early Thursday games, like the getaway day games in Detroit. There's a lot of 11 o'clock central starts. Yeah. Um, sometimes in Cleveland, they'll do that. But the Sox have some experience with that. But that's a really They played at Pittsburgh recently, too, haven't they? True, but I think those were all, I think most of those were night games. They might have had an afternoon game, but I think they actually started later. You know, it's weird how... Yeah, I, do, I think I do remember mostly night games in the series. It's, it's weird how some of these parks just have start times that are, like, very particular to them. Like, Toronto always starts on the 7th after the hour, like 6.07 Central or, yeah. or uh, 12.07, you know. For, for a while, it, the Sox was starting every game 11, like it's... The yeah. night games is seven eleven. Like there was some promotional right. <laughs> crap they were doing. Right? Yeah, but that's a really good point because typically um, anybody traveling more than uh, two time zones is at the disadvantage. But it's honestly, White Sox fans should be happy about hearing the A's manager say that he's he's unhappy. Yeah, Bob Melvin that he's unhappy with the start time because that means his team is dealing with the same thing. They don't have to travel, so they do have that. They do have that working in their favor. And the Sox have just come off a bit of a ringer. They were they went to Ohio, then they came back to Chicago, and um, now they're now they gotta go all the way out to Oakland. When they haven't really traveled any further than uh, Kansas City all year. And and look, Melvin, uh, look at this quote here. And this is another thing that we that we gotta look that we gotta think about with this particular year. He's, Melvin says, I mean, we have 12 o'clock games, which means we're coronavirus testing at 6.30 in the morning and taking batting practice at 9 o'clock. We don't even do that in spring training. So there continue to be hurdles. You know. That's um, wild. That is wild, <laughs> man, especially for the playoffs. This is going to be a real weird playoff um, postseason, man. These games are back-to-back where they – I mean, you get more time off as you get later in the playoffs because there's fewer series. But I think they're they're playing the first three games – I think they're playing those all in a row, if not having a day off after the second game. Yeah, let me see. Uh, yeah, uh, let me see. Yeah, maybe – yeah, I think they may have a game off the, the day off, like you said, for the third game. It's it's really just for the for the Sox. It's you got to get back in your comfort zone fast because the tendency is going to just te- it's good. It tends towards man, we haven't been here before, you know. For all those guys who've wanted this, and that goes for Abreu too who might have played in big series in Cuba or in college. They really haven't been here. So, like I said, it's all those veterans to get them ready. I mean, this is a first for Ricky as a manager. He was the Cubs, like, starter manager before they, yeah. before Joe Madden came on the market. So this is a first for him. Well, let, let's I, talk about that right quick, man, because okay. I talked – and, and by the way, the third game, they're all playing in the row. The third game is on Thursday. Man, 
Hey, no, hey, no. Wait, I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on it's Thursday. Like yeah, yeah, right. t- t- yeah. It says uh, yeah Thursday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. I'm just, I'm just getting myself straight for the week. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, I talked. I said I talked to Ken. You mentioned Renteria being a starter manager, and I would hate for this to happen to him twice. But I talked to Ken, and and uh, you know, Ken is more emotionally involved than uh, uh, than Ryan. But they both agreed that you know Renteria may not be the guy. And I was wondering what what are your thoughts on that? Like what what are your pre- how much are you pressure are you putting on him personally? Not a whole lot, honestly. Uh, that that end of the year looks really bad. Yeah. And uh, if he he mentioned following that game that they had to turn their their eyes towards the the bigger prize, what they wanted, which was the division crown, and then they flatlined. So it's you know it depends on how you feel if that's totally on him for not preparing the team or on the team for just flatlining over the last week of the season. And even even flatlining is, is a difficult way to put it because they had winnable games, and I think we just got used to them winning those games that we expected them to come back and win those games like they did. Even Sunday, after the week that they would had, I wasn't expecting them to come back Sunday. Like, I switched it off, and I, I – Oh, it's 10 to 6 now. And then they, they got one in two. Like I said, they got one in two and they had the chance to tie. So that's what they've been doing all season. I can't put that on him other than, like I said, the Gio Gonzalez move in Cleveland, that was bad. Um, Jimmy Cordero, they're going to have to pick and choose when to use him. And it helps that they got Aaron Bummer back. It helps that they have um, Larry Garcia back. Um, available to, to play because he can cover some things in your lineup. Like if you really don't want to have Nomar Mazzara out there, you can switch either put Leury on in the outfield or the corners uh, because he's a switch hitter. Yeah, and he's a guy who he's not a patient. He's not a patient hitter at all, and he'll be working his way back. Let's everybody get it clear. Leury Garcia is not going to come back in your lineup and save the world. He's not going to be who he was at the beginning of the season over the last two years. He's going to be working his – he's still going to be working his way back into game shape. There was no minor leagues for him to rehab. So that's going to be a difficult task. You can't just say, oh, this dude is going to get it done. But it'll help to have that flexibility. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I, I, I think it's, it's going to be on the, – the spotlight's going to be on him, on, on Ricky. And if the White Sox are – it's not really fair to give a man one chance considering how the year played out. And again, I'm not talking about the White Sox year. I'm talking about the entire year on the whole. There was a, there's a pandemic folks <laughs> that we played baseball in and these guys had to get ready in a short spring training that was completely out of rhythm. And they, they seem, remember they seem mediocre about two weeks into the season and then they went off. So, you got. I think the question is, what do you think? How much impact do you think managers have in the game, in in terms of a of a whole season or, you know, one or two moves? If we're going by the last week and the moves that he had to make, sure, you know, maybe this is Ricky's only shot. But again, if Matt Foster doesn't self combust in, in Cleveland and he's a rookie, the bullpen choices I think play out a little different. 
Yeah. So I'm not putting Ricky on a hot seat right now. I, I don't think you can, given it's his first year, and given that he's overseen a club that's gone from 63 wins two years ago to what would equal out to I think like nine. Yeah. 35 or 60 games was just over half. About, yeah, about 90 some odd wins. Yeah. It'd been at least 90, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think you give him 21 and you give him a whole season, hopefully, with this team and see how the, how the rhythms of the, how he reacts to the rhythms of the season, how they continue to progress if they progress. And, you know, hopefully you don't see another, you know, late season, you know, not necessarily collapse, but something that mirrors this, what happened this year. Hopefully you don't see it again next year. And, right. you know, if they if they manage to, like you say, make a second straight postseason, you know, that's something that nobody's done. Not even Ozzy did that. And you'd right. have to give the man credit if he's able to, you know, regardless of how deep, deeply talented this team looks and, you know, youthful and all that, if he's able to get them to a second straight postseason next year, that should be enough to install faith in them unless something completely drastic happens. That you... I think if, No, go ahead. I think if a better, more proven manager becomes available, then you take a run at that guy for sure. Well, like like well, like what happened in on the north side, yeah. Yeah, like Joe Madden came available. I don't know if they, I don't know if they hire somebody else other than Joe Madden. Yeah, if, if they come on the market, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that was like, that was like a a written in the stars type of thing that yeah. happened there. Yeah, and it, it really worked out for them. It was a younger ball club, and you know Madden's an offbeat dude with the with the pajama trips and everything. And I think that stuff is cool, honestly. Like some people think it's corny, some people don't like him. I don't have any beef with Joe Madden. I, I think that um, his way of managing one fits with baseball, but is also just out, just enough outside the box for baseball to be fresh. So I, I like the stuff that he did with that, that team, yeah. and I think it helped keep them loose in a season where they where they could have gotten they could have tightened up at any time because they weren't. They weren't used to playing that long with that much success. So yeah. that's what the White Sox are looking for. They have not necessarily been used to playing this long with this much success. And if if that's the case and you look at that last week of the season, every team's got to wear it at some point, I think. Every every team really just got to wear it. The Sox started off the year 1-4. and four. They came back. They evened up their record. And they were playing about 500 baseball going into that um, – after that series against the Cardinals, that last game. Yeah. And then they ran off a real hot streak. Yeah, shot up. Yeah. I, and and you, know, you can say who, who, whomever you want pulled them out of it, Dallas Kotnickel, whatever. Every team's just got to wear it at some point in the season. Yeah. So, again, the individual moves are going to be uh, magnified in the playoffs, pitching changes, how long you stick with starting pitchers, where you, you know, which guys you put in the lineup, which guys you, you, know, you pull out of the lineup at which times, with defensive replacements. That's all the stuff that you look at. You know, when do you have a guy bunt? When do you have a guy swing away? When do you use a hit in the, the 
the mothballs for a hit and run. Doesn't happen until they they put the ball in the pitcher's hand tomorrow. I'm good with Rick Renteria, man. I, I'm, I'm not mad at you. I, I say I agree. I agree for the most. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Speak and speaking of tomorrow, looking at that matchup, um, it looks like uh, you know, of course, Giolito, and uh, it looks like he's going against Chris Bassett for the A's. You know, how, how do you expect that matchup to go? And what what are your expectations for Lucas in in his very first uh, postseason game? Giolito to pitch his game, but he's got to match Manaya. The A's have been really good at home. 
especially, and this is a place, even though the White Sox had a good home uh, road record, this is a place where they traditionally haven't won that much. So Giolito's going to have to set the tone, keep things cool, and let his batter, get his batters back up there so they can see some pitches, get some hits, get on base. Well, okay. Well, you you were mentioning Manaya, and I, I got Bassett off of fan graphs. But I'm looking, I'm looking right now. It's the San Francisco Chronicles reporting that rookie Jesus Luzardo is starting game Jesus one. Luzardo in the first game. Yeah, and so he's a lefty. Yeah, they, uh, him and Manai are both left-handers. I yeah. was reading up on him today. Um, shout out! Well, shout out Jesus Luzardo went to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. If, if um, that name should stick in the minds of people. Oh yeah, yeah, Florida, the Florida school. Wow. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they're real high on him. Um, he had, I again, this is a guy that I haven't seen a whole bunch of, if at all. But he had, I think he's had some games this year where he shut teams down, and then had some games where he couldn't get out of the first four innings. Uh, recently, he's. He's kind of been back and forth. Uh, he, he pitched against the Padres, and they lost in the game. They got shut out in um, at home, and he gave up four and four and two-thirds. And then the next start, he went seven against the Astros, only gave up two. Uh, so he's had three he's had three iffy starts in September and two very good ones. Um, again, those were against Houston and the Giants, one fringe playoff team and one team that uh, didn't make the playoffs. So take that as you will, but the Sox need to come out. If, if it's Lazardo, especially, that's a big gamble for them to take. You know, it might be a fake out by Bob Melvin, by the A's front office, just to get the White Sox thinking of one thing, uh, and then maybe come with another, a la Craig Council with uh, Wade Davis against the Dodgers last year. I would still prepare for Manaya, honestly. I would be really surprised if they go with the rookie Lazardo in the first game, even though he's, it would have been um, his regular spot in the rotation five days because he last pitched on, on the 24th. But I would, I would honestly be surprised because he's a rookie. You know, he, he's a rookie going in a short season. And yeah. it's, that's 22 years old. Yeah, I mean, they like him. He's got a big fastball, and evidently he's got real electric stuff. So maybe they're banking on that. But you put a guy in that situation, he could also easily be wild. He hasn't walked that many guys at all. Yeah, the Chronicle says he's Chronicle says he struck out a, a, a batter an inning. He's he's only had nine. He's had nine starts this year, about a four, uh, just over four ERA. Yeah, it's. Uh, I said the Chronicles got him starting. MLB.com has him starting. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see if it, I don't know if Melvin gonna do a fake out, but that'll you know maybe maybe he thinks this is uh, gonna be enough to throw the Sox off. But like you said, the Sox have haven't lost a game to a, a lefty starter this year. Maybe maybe he feels that the the risk is best taken in that first game. You know. Or maybe he'll just have a short leash on him, you know. That's true, too. That Oakland bullpen uh, faltered a bit down the stretch. I was reading that they gave up 21 earned runs in their last 26-plus innings. 
but all year before that they've been great. It could be, like you say, that they want to take the risk in the first game and then throw Manaya or Fires in the second game, either to close it out or to extend the series. But that, you know, that's still a risk to take, I think, against the ball club like the White Sox who need that first win, who really need that first win. Yeah. And, you know, even even though they're fresh in the postseason, uh, there's a team that, that fights, they fight very well from ahead. And even when they're behind, like, let's, I want, you know, I want to reiterate both for myself and for everybody else listening, in that last week, they fight fairly well from behind, too. They're not going to give in at bats, and they're not going to give give in on leads unless the order comes from the you know from the from the dugout. Like, hey, you know, we'll get them tomorrow. There's no, for the most part, there's no t- tomorrow now. So, man, that's a. They have a lot of faith in Luzardo, which again, I haven't seen him. I'm going to watch some tape. Because he might be that guy who makes his name tomorrow. But whew, I'm surprised. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised. It, it might be having him go at home is the ideal matchup because he's looked from his starts, it looks like he's looked very good at home uh, as opposed to on the road. But Manaya seems like a much safer bet. And then to have Lazardo or Fires go the next game once you've got a lead. The SB Nation blog, Athletics Nation, saying Lazardo in one and Chris Bassett in game two. And Chris Bassett, it's funny because he was a White Sox pitcher for a couple of years. Um, him and Frankie Montas, and they let them both go. I can't remember the exact trade. Uh, but Chris Bassett really found form after that in Oakland. He was he was decent with the Sox in a few starts in 2014, that first year that they had uh, Abreu, and they were really looking at you know like we're not we're not tanking yet. But he he's found some form with Oakland. He's been he's been solid for them. I think he's been um, he switched from starting to the bullpen every, every couple times. He's had some injuries to work through, but you can't. You can't shake a stick at a two two nine ERA, and he started every every game that he pitched in this year. Mm. So he's another guy. He didn't walk that many. He didn't strike out a whole lot, but he looks like he banks towards contact. But his uh, his FIP that fielding independent pitching is solid too, three point five nine. So it's not massively inflated. Yeah, doesn't give up a lot of homers either. Extra, you no. Know. Yeah. He is about a hit an inning, and like I say, he doesn't strike out a whole lot per nine. He, he gives up a few walks per nine. It's, Bassett is going to be interesting because he's not an overpowering guy. He's a tall guy, 6'5", but he's not an overpowering pitcher, if I remember right. And guys like that, if they have good control, you know, um, like Bieber throws Bieber throws hard, but his control is the main thing. Like he can put the ball where he wants. So a guy like Bassett, who who relies if he relies on changing speeds and and good control, that could be frustrating for them. I, who you know what, man? <laughs> that Lazardo thing that threw, that threw me for a loop. Really, they must have. I'm gonna watch some tape on Lazardo tonight because they must have a lot of confidence to put. A 
that's that's I think it's Oakland, right? You know, Oakland. Ever since the A's have, have moved out to Oakland, they've been a team that's just known for breaking breaking the mold. The white shoes, Chuck Finley, uh, Chuck Finley, all of his um, his notoriety, and then recently with the bullpen openers and yeah. you know Billy Bean still at the helm. So yeah, a lot of iconoclasts out there. Exactly. It's. I think Oakland's gonna have to to figure out how to. Um, they figured out how to get by without Matt Chapman, their third baseman. He's he won the platinum glove last year. He was the best of the best fielders. Okay. And he's an out and out slugger. He's a guy that can come up, hit a home run at any time. And he's been out. He had hip surgery earlier in the month and he's been out. But they picked up Jake Lamb from Arizona off waivers and he's filled in nicely. They had another White Sox guy, Marcus Simeon. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's held it down at second base and he's become a nice um extra base hitter who can get a he I think he's limited his strikeouts. That was his whole thing. But he is a guy who can put the ball in the seats too. And uh Loriano out in the center goes against damn near everything. Mm. So the the thing with the A's that I've seen is if you know, can they hit? Can they hit and will their will their starters be reliable? You know, you you can't bank on with with the A's being at home, no matter if they're starting early they have, they have the advantage. They're in familiar territory, and that's literally familiar territory. That field in Oakland is weird, you know. They've got all that foul ground behind the plate uh, to the at the corners. And that outfield, even though it's a football stadium, it plays kind of odd with the bounces and the caroms. So the Sox are going to have a short window to get out to Oakland, like you said, take the early batting practice, get COVID testing, test out the dimensions of the field, um, we've seen Luis Robert have some problems with uh, playing the wall recently. So it's it's going to be a little bit of a shock to their system. But they, they're going to have to manage for sure. And that, that I think the main thing is get into the starters first before uh, Oakland has to go to the bullpen. Because no matter what, if they've been on a, a streak to end the season, a bad streak, the A's have consistently tried to get some of the best bullpen arms in baseball, and they've got them right now. That's uh, that's what the Sox can't afford. They they can't afford to have it be a bullpen game. I think. Yeah. Um, even though they've been good against guys in the late innings, I, it's just not something that you want to deal with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I I agree. Give giving their history with with uh Oakland is that's a probably maybe the most distinct advantage Oakland has over the Sox in, in the bullpen. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, are you willing to ride with, with your guys? Or do you think they'll pull it out? I think it's a series that they can win. Um, I'm, not, I'm not willing to say that they will win it. Yeah, baseball is baseball, first of all. And then it's – man, there's – I've been – the, the worst thing about those Oakland games that the Sox had was that I had to stay up until like midnight to hear them lose, listen to the radio. So that was the worst. That was the absolute worst part of it. They wanted to worry about that this time, at least. Yeah, you got the afternoon. That'll be nice. Oh, man. You know, it's, it's, they, they can put it together at any time. And I mean that on the White Sox side. It's, yeah. It's a team that we've just seen do it. Yeah. They weren't blowing out every team. They were winning some close games too, 
But I, I, I don't want to say this is the first time they're back in the playoffs. I don't want to say, yeah, they're going to win it. Yeah, they're going to take it to the next uh, the next series. But let's let's just let us let's just let it play out, man. Tomorrow the numbers are going to go out the window, <laughs> and we're going to be playing baseball. That's all I'm waiting on. Yeah, and, that, and that's that. Like we said at the beginning, that's a big thing for the Sox. You know, it's a big momentous thing. So, you know, let's let's just enjoy that. And you know, I think if if they could pull out this game one, though, there's there's no reason. I mean, that's that's gonna be big. You know, because you give yourself that extra opportunity. You you allow yourself to to have a bad game if they if they if they uh, go up one zero. You know. If they, uh, you know, if they go up one zero, they could just as easily swipe that second game too. But if they don't, then you still have at least, you know, that th- that third game to to make up. And you know, we'll, you know, they it seems like they're backloading their their rotation to have one of their more experienced guys in the game three. But you know, yeah, we'll, it'll be interesting to see who who the Sox will match up, you know, against. Possibly fires or Manaya, but uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's it's like a game seven, you know, in this series. A game three is like a game seven, so anything can happen. So, I would hope that they could at least get it to the game to the game three, or you know, in you know, but it it will say anything can happen, <laughs> and and the, the the Sox being here is is pretty much a victory in itself. So I'm I'm not going to have any hard feelings if they uh however they however the result plays out, I would say. Yeah, we haven't seen the Sox use the opener, but I would wonder I would even wonder if they might uh, think about that. I'd be surprised because I'd be surprised just because it's not something that we've seen them do. Um other teams have kind of gravitated towards it more. As the, as the years have gone along, but man, I that third slot for starting is so up in the air. Yeah, with with who they've got, um, I don't think that you know we're going to see Crochet out of the bullpen. If, if anybody's toying with the idea that Crochet might start and go two innings, I'd be really surprised about that. Um, after that, they've got Rodon, who's who. They can't really trust to start. Um, Ronaldo Lopez. Oh man, you can't you can't trust him to start either. You know, he had a chance in that last game to show what he was worth with the season, with a big with a big moment in the season on the line, and he failed. He's that was not failed. Yeah. So after that, you've got Gio Gonzalez, who can give you three or four innings for sure. Yeah, he may be the best bet given his experience. Right. And then you got Dane Dunning, who was who's been really nice um, over his over his time. As, as considering that he's a rookie, yeah, sure. Uh, where he finished up is, has been really good. Um, he didn't have a good final start in Cleveland, but he is about the definition of unflappable, and that, that's what I I think that they really need to see or needed to see. So, I would think that Dane Dunning would get the chance if it goes to a game three. But anything can happen right there. It's you, you know you need a win and you need four innings of one or no runs at least if it gets to game three. So hopefully Giolito and Keiko can close it out early and they can just move on to the next round and worry about that when it gets there. Right, and and you're yeah, you're and you're dealing with one of those 
unproven pitchers in game one of a five-game series at that point. Exactly. Yeah. That's a much better situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The other thing to watch is Keiko was having some back spasms. He was he got kept out of um, – he missed two starts in a row, if I'm remembering correctly. And then he went uh, – he was on a pitch limit for his next start and then went um, five or six after that. I think it was five and two-thirds. So that'll be something to watch with him. You know, he's about what, what he's going to do. That's not worry. That's not a worry at all. Yeah. He he did exactly as advertised for the Sox this season, especially for a guy who doesn't throw ninety. He's like Mark Burley from the. Well, I was gonna say from the right side, but he's left-handed. <laughs> you know, he he pitches the contact. He changes speeds. He changes uh, location. And, so and he's proven, right? He's been in the playoffs multiple times. So yeah, that's, I'm not worried about that game too. No, no, no. I'm I'm worried about game one. You know, Uncle Luke getting in there and pitching the way he can, <laughs> the way he knows how and and keeping his cool. And if they lose game one or game two, going into game three with somebody who can get the job done early, so that they don't have to scramble or try and pull something out of the trick bag. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting, man. Uh, it's, I think it's gonna be kind of fun too. I, like I said, I hope, like, hope this they at least compete well in Game One. Don't embarrass themselves, and uh, you know, do, do anything to make themselves feel bad. And I think they could they could compete throughout the rest of the series if they if they do well in Game One. But but right quick, oh, you got you got anything else you want to add? Heart attack, man. This is a <laughs> short series. Take it easy, man. Take it easy. So, oh, man. This short series, dude. I mean, we've just been waiting for this, right? Like I said, we've been waiting for the White Sox to get back to the playoffs. And they're, now they're in the playoffs. So it really shouldn't, like. Yeah, like they can keep that bigger picture tight, in mind. Tight, you know? Yeah. Because we know what they can do. We saw what they could do all season long. So we want them to get out there and succeed. The. Difficulty is going to be, of course, can they can they get it done? That's all we're looking for. Right. Can they get it done? And just because they can't get it done. Yeah. Just because they can't. Right. Yeah, no need. It, it, just because they can't, if they don't get it done now, don't mean they won't ever get it done, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So we're just, we're just looking for them to, let's, let's wait for game one tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. Watch that first. Uh, watch that first inning. See how see how Lucas done. Take it ball by ball, pitch by pitch, inning by inning, man. I, the only thing I can say is that it kind of feels like 2000 for me because that was the oh first, man, um, that was the first White Sox playoff run that I was really uh, excited for. I was you know I was yeah, Compass Mentis because you did 93, you did yeah. I remember '93 more. I, I remember '93 vividly, and 2000 was a very exciting. It was a very exciting too because I just thought that they were like that they had a team, and like like it was like it, you know you were seven years in between those runs, so it was like okay, they ready now. They got they got the squad, and uh, you know I, I had to go back more about details, but I just I just was excited. I know I remember being excited about that team, and Seattle just came and smacked them up. <laughs> you know, yeah, man, it was, that <laughs> really hurt. That was the thing. So if, if in that case, you know, 
you know, thinking about that, that makes me nervous. Yeah. Because that was that team's, um, it wasn't the first for guys on that team, but it was mostly Frank Thomas. Right. Who, had, who was experienced enough to know, oh, you know, this is the playoffs, let's get ready. Right. And I think Frank was, he played well in that series, but he was just the one guy. Uh, so they, they couldn't get anything going against the Mariners. And, um, they were out in three. So that's the only thing that has me worried. If they get off to a bad start, that they might just, they might fold. But we saw the Braves last year, took it to five before they got, before they got smoked by the Cardinals. And this White Sox team is, is a little bit similar in that they're young and they're exciting and they've got a lot of talent and a lot of positions with some decent uh, veteran pitching in at least one spot. That Braves team had Keuchel too. So yeah. Yeah. Let's let's just wait. Enjoy today. Enjoy the fact that the White Sox are in the playoffs. And nobody <laughs> take that away. Definitely. See what happens tomorrow, man. Definitely, definitely. And that, like, listen, listen, White Sox fan. That's that's really the only way you could take it. Don't don't kill yourselves over this series. So let's just take it. Like I said, just take it one in and one game at a time, and and try to get your enjoyment as much as you can. See if see if uh, Lucas. You know, applies himself as a postseason guy, and you know, hopefully, Kaiku lives up to his role as an experienced guy. And you know, if there is a game three, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, but before before we go, man, you, I'm, I'm gonna just let you stick with the AL, man, because you say you ain't, you got to learn a little bit more about the NL, and and really, that's nothing to worry about anyway as a White Sox fan for the moment. But uh. You know, looking at the AL, we got Tampa Bay and uh and and uh Toronto one eight, Cleveland and New York four five, twins and Houston three six. And anything about those series stick out to you? Uh, I think uh the Rays will take Toronto in two. The Rays that race team's been so good. Yeah. The past couple of years, man. I, they lost Tommy Pham, and I thought that was a nice veteran bat to have. And they've just kept right along without him. Uh, with Willie Adamas, who's been real good, Brandon Lau, um, Austin Austin Meadows isn't back yet for them, but they really haven't missed the beat. Uh, Blake Snell wasn't the same guy he was when he won the Cy Young, and they just they just kept it rolling. Yeah. So that should be raised on a pretty easy one. Uh, that. Sorry, say that. What was, what was that series? No, here we go. Cleveland and, and Yankees 4-5. That's an interesting one because Cleveland played the Yankees a couple of years ago in the, in the ALDS, and they had a 2-0 lead and lost. So this is redemption for them, even though Corey Kluber's gone and a few other guys from that team aren't on the team anymore. But they've got the presumptive Cy Young and Shane Bieber in a three-game series. So they have a great chance to be up 1-0. If Bieber gets um, falls prey to that Yankee home run machine and uh, and Cleveland can't respond. You know, Cleveland has Jose Ramirez, who has been fantastic. And Cesar Hernandez has been good, too. They've got three, uh, four, really, quality, quality hitters in the lineup with Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, Cesar Hernandez, from who was with Philadelphia, and Carlos Santana. Yeah. Um, I, I put him as a quality hitter because he's a vet, he's produced, and he is the most patient hitter they've got. But if they get down early, if they get down early, 
there's not that many guys in the lineup who can get them back on track. Uh, so if Beaver loses, I think Cleveland loses. If Beaver wins, Cleveland wins. I, that's That seems pretty cut and dry to me. Mm. So that's going to be an interesting series. Um, the Minnesota-Houston series is going to be interesting because the Twins really should roll. But <laughs> oh, what a time it would be for the Astros to break out of this season long slump. Sure. I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, they've been they've been pretty mid all year. Like they won, they got second in the division, made the playoffs as the as the three seed or sorry as the six seed. Really, just off the strength of that weird uh, playoff uh, qualification setup, you know, any other year or any other kind of uh, of yeah, because they they wouldn't have to be two out of the West division in a regular year. Exactly, they yeah. might stick with this. Going to talk some in the future. They might stick with this, um, getting at least twelve teams in the playoffs. Maybe not sixteen, but at least twelve. Yeah, I think this is a, a trial run for MLB in terms of playoff expansion. Could definitely see that. That's that's the way of every major sports league. You get more teams involved in the playoffs, so you, you can more revenue. more revenue. Yeah, more interest deeper into the season. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I would I would expect Minnesota to, to to pretty much roll in that one, and then that Yankees. Um, the Yankees Cleveland. You already went over that. Okay, I went over the Yankees <laughs> yeah. and the Cleveland one. Yeah, then, um, we went over each series. Is that everything? Yeah, that's everything. Uh, Twins, Houston winner plays the Sox A's winner in Los Angeles in the ALDS. I don't know if, if that's Dodger Stadium or Angel. I guess Dodger Stadium. They probably would say Anaheim. Yeah, they have Stadium. Yeah. yeah, they probably say Anaheim if it was the Angels. So, right. Yeah, that. That's going. What What do you think about doing that right quick? The uh, the whole uh, neutral sites and everything. The the supposed bubbles. They got to do it. Yeah. Um, there's no point in, in having teams travel back and forth to their home ballparks. Um, but at least this puts everybody just about on even footing. Uh, the NL is going to be in San Diego, I believe. So. Nah, the the other AL matchup is going to be in San Diego. And the ALCS is going to be in San Diego. The NL matchups are going to be in Houston and Arlington with the NLCS in Arlington, the World Series in Arlington. And that's fair. So so there's not a chance that any of the teams there could be at their home ballpark um, for any of the series. So that's fair. So everybody's at neutral ground. They're on an even footing. Um, For the the guys who haven't – I don't think the Sox have uh, traveled to San Diego. Unfortunately, they were going to be there this year. But I think that's a park that the Red Sox haven't. Um, nobody really on this team has played in, except possibly Abreu or um, maybe Edwin Encarnacion from his time with the Reds and, and with the. Well, man, thanks a lot, man, for joining me. I appreciate talking with you about about baseball. We usually talking basketball and stuff, but I know you you got a lot of passion for baseball too, and the, the Sox especially. So, you know, I'm gonna be watching out for you, man. Like I said, don't. I hope, don't go over the ledge too much uh, over the next couple of days, and and hopefully we'll be able it's to. Gonna be tough. <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to enjoy some White Sox wins. It'll be tough. Yeah, it'll be all, it'll be all right, man. This is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Right. It's the first 
getting older every year. That's the only thing that I'm unhappy about because yeah. I want them to. You gotta, you gotta get a chance to at least get some championship series and, and do something, man. That dude has been a beast since he came in. Right, he's he he deserves a lot, and you know nothing is promised in baseball. Is it's good that he'll at least have yeah. that he know he'll have a postseason with the Sox, you know. So that's that's good, definitely good to see that Obreu's gonna have that that platform, and you know maybe you know maybe he's still in the running for the MVP too. Let's we'll see how that goes. But oh, oh, I think I think he gets that. Yeah, um, I haven't seen anybody that can that can touch what he's done. I think he gets that. Yeah, I saw I saw a list of all his rankings. Like he's one two and all the the st- hitting statistics. So yeah, hopefully they don't sleep on him. But uh, he, he's been great this year. And really the centerpiece of everything that all the success that's occurred for the Sox. So it's, like I said, just great to see him him do his thing. For sure. Yeah. But all yeah. right, man. I gotta jump off. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot, Chris. Man, it, like I say, anything you want to plug or shout out right quick? K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten. I got my hot takes again. If you're a White Sox blogger or analyst, but you didn't have shit to say when the National Guard trucks were posted up at Lot E, don't <laughs> say nothing to me. This is we 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 understand what this what this season was about, and it wasn't just baseball. So if you didn't have anything to say then, you ain't got nothing to say now. That's right. Let's be clear. There you go. Stop being scared, y'all. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk to you later, man.